If you would, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. The title of this, As in the Days of Noah. I didn't really put the title. I just took it from Scripture. As in the Days of Noah. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus uh, uh, giving a, uh, a time when he was talking to the disciples and they, he was talking about the end times because they were asking a lot of questions. They was wondering when Jesus was going to establish his kingdom, establish what he had come to earth for, but not realizing it wasn't what he was going to do on the earth at that point in time, but he was getting things ready that when he does come back, he can establish the millennial reign. In the 1970s, when I was growing up as a young man, in church, I heard message after message on the end times about the rapture. And at that point in time, we got to the place God can come back at any moment. Well, that's right. But we're living in closer today than we were then. Yes. How can we not say, God, you're about ready to come on the door uh, and come up on the scene and take us home. I'm telling you, it's right on the doorsteps right now. And we're seeing it. But Jesus said before his coming, and which what we want to read, what would take place? If you would, as you have opened your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 36, stand for the reading of God's word, if you would, please. I'll give you a little bit of stretching, and then we're going to minister. Verse 36 says this. But of that day and hour, no one knows... Not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day of Noah entered the ark. Notice what Jesus said, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the son of man. Then Jesus kept, keeps going and notice what he, as he brings this uh, uh, word and brings forth the message and the prophecy. said, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the meal. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know that this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Last verse, therefore, you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Touch your neighbor said he's coming. And you may be seated. With the end time events that we see and the things happening in our lives around us, we're seeing a lot of things going on. God wants us prepared. We need to keep looking. Others don't know that he's coming. We have a lot of church folk going to church that really don't take his word for literal. We have a lot of people sitting around and uh, uh, they want prayer. Then they'll go home and says, you need to keep on praying. I said, believe the word of God. Yes. <laughs> what does the word say? <laughs> what does God say about the situation? Trust in the Lord. <laughs> Hear what God is saying. And Jesus comes along as he was getting some things here and he's asked some questions. And I truly believe it behooves us to see what's happening in America. We have gone away. And as I said this morning, what they need to get back into schools is God. Yeah. <laughs> 
As I heard that message from uh, uh, Gabriel uh, Swagger this afternoon, Martha looked at me and says, you called him up and got the message, didn't you? I says, no, we just was on the same line, though, because I know God is talking to a lot of people. Uh, when are we going to wake up to see what the enemy is trying to do? The spirit of Antichrist is roaming to and fro, and he's trying to disrupt and trying to uh, discourage and trying to bring out. He's even coming in the church house doors. And we've seen it last year when a church was having church on a Sunday, and a man walked in that was evil and killed over half of the church. Yeah. It wasn't a very, very long church. I started thinking about ours. It says, if somebody comes in, they could have wiped everybody out. Yes. But thank God he's protected us. Yes. Thank God he's going to. We don't know when he's coming back, but we know we got to keep our eyes on. With the end time events that we're seeing, Jesus started talking about some conditions that were just like in Noah's day. He was comparing right before he comes back, right before some things was taking place. And that's where we want to look at. In the end time before his return, Jesus declared this, that in the days of Noah, that it would be like before the Son of Man would return. And we see that, uh, that they were eating and drinking. They was Mary and giving in marriage until Noah went in the ark. And even when he went in the ark, they really didn't believe. But when the flood came, when God poured out from the heavens the waters, then all of a sudden some things happened. Just as in the flood and just as in the days of Noah, we're seeing some things that are very obvious that we need to understand. The impending disaster that is about to take place upon this world. You know, you don't hear many end time messages unless you hear end time prophetic messages from different ones on uh, TV. But I'm here to tell you, things are lining up. When I talked about Gog and Magog a few years ago, things are faster than I ever thought they would be. I never thought Russia would be in the Middle East and, and had some uh, toehold or, or had some footing in that place where they could do some stuff. And notice what it said. They are right on go, the Golan Heights, which is the mountains of Israel. They could come across the mountains of Israel and they could battle against Israel. And that's what they want to do. They want to, we need to start looking, not just looking at the news for news sake and get worried, but we need to start looking at the word of God. God, you've already said it. What do I need to do as a child? One, I need to pray and seek your face. God, I need to get a hold of you. We have some disasters. Jesus was talking about the disasters that was going to take place. How was it in the time of Noah? One thing I see was there was widespread violence because we can see from the word of God. Go to Genesis chapter six, if you would, please. Genesis chapter six. Go down to verse five, if you would, please. God speaking and as Moses wrote this word. He said that the Lord, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Notice how that we see from scripture, how that he depicts that the wickedness was great upon the earth at that time that the intent of the heart was wicked 
all the days of what people were living in a time we're living in right now, because I remember as a young man growing up, there was a lot of things that was, because uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. We didn't have a lot of things. One of the things we had, we had to go to the garden and grow our own stuff. We had to can what we got. Then we raised our meat. And then we had to make sure things got into the, uh, the freezers or they'd done things like that. So we didn't have a lot of things. But today, people's got more than they ever imagined. And it seems like people wanting more and more and more. If I can just get a little bit more. If I can get just a little bit more. The rich want just a little bit more. Uh, the poor just want what this, the rich may throw on, on the sides. But I'm here to tell you, people's eyes are not on the Lord. Even in church, you see so many people that they would be on their phones, they would be on their iPads, and they would be having pleasure more than they would wanting to connect with the things of God. When I was growing up in church, one thing I noticed was my elders. Where were they at? What was their mind on? I noticed what they were doing. Most of them, the guys were sitting in the front and they were getting in tune. And you know what they're doing with the preacher? Go preacher. Amen, preacher. They would sit there on that side and I remember them saying that. And all of a sudden the hands would go up. Next thing you know, they were standing up. You keep going. Yeah. And all of a sudden people could feel something because they were in unity. Never seen such a time, and we wonder why violence has come in to the bland. We is it's crept in slowly. Little by little, we see things, and pretty soon, it's just like putting something in a water pot like a frog, and you turn the heat up a little bit. The frog don't know it's getting warm, but after a while, it's going to die. Right now, we're living in that time that we see this. Wickedness was on the earth, and it was continually, and God saw it. Notice what verse 6 says. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Now, we understand that, that God was sorry. He wasn't sorry he made man in the sense of making him. He was sorry what was coming about in man's heart because he gave them freedom, a choice. And he's seen the intents of the hearts of those around. Sad, isn't it? See, he wasn't sorry for that. He, he made a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. Man is not a mistake. But he gave humans, a human creation, the right to think, to do, and operate. And God said this in verse 7. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. How many knows God's always had a remnant? Yes. God's always having a remnant. It's not always the big. Never has been the big. Jesus had thousands following him, but a lot of them weren't ready. They followed him because of what he could give them. He had big crowds. He could feed them. He could heal them. He could touch them. But they would go away and never thinking more about God. Yes. Only the few that followed Jesus, the remnant. And at that point in time, it was 12. We got a few more than 12 right now. We're the followers. I'm like Brother uh, Nathan. I like Sunday nights when we get together because it's really those that are concerned about the things of God. This is the time that I really enjoy myself and I can minister or whoever is ministering because you really get those that are interested in what God has. 
and what God wants to do, what God has desired to do in the house and in their house. But we see that widespread violence was going on. How many knows in our land we see widespread violence happening? The first, uh, I believe, school shooting that took place was Columbine. Well, that these boys come in and they had guns. They didn't have rifles. They had shotguns. So what are they going to do then? Outlaw every gun in the land? They would like to try. I will agree to a law if you can get it out of the uh, criminal's hands. But you're not going to get it out of criminal's hands. And it's not the gun issue. It's the heart issue. God said it's the heart. God said it's the reason why we have violence. And it's the heart issue. We need to get back to where God says we need him more than ever before. And if we can get the people of God who know God to humble themselves, bow their heads and knees and seek the face of God, God says, I will heal your land. And we need that in the day and age we're living in. See, it grieved God's heart to see what was going on. Violence everywhere. You don't think God's heart's not grieved right now? Men and women are trying to search for solutions, trying to search how we can make things better, how we can make things safer, how we can, you need to get back to God. We need God back in the White House, in our houses. We need to get God back in the church house. Yes, we do. Oh, thank you, Lord. We've got God in this house. I thank God we've got a place that he's here. Praise the Lamb of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 1, 29 through 31, he said he was grieved in his heart to see how humanity had fallen from his original intent. God wanted to bless humanity. God wanted to bless every uh, man and woman, boy and girl. He wants to bless, and he still does. But if all you're looking to the blessings and not to the blesser, then we're looking at the wrong thing. I truly believe we're living in time that is perilous times. The Bible says in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul said it would be grievous, which means perilous, and those two words go together. In in Genesis, we notice that God said in verse 3 of chapter 6, he said this, that my spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he indeed is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 Years. In other words, he kind of put a cap on things. This flesh is going to go away. You're not going to live forever in the fleshly realm that you call the flesh here. A lot of people get shook up that they try to hang on to this flesh. But there's times I've said, God, just take me home. I'd be better off. I said, God, I need to stay. I know there's a work that needs to be done. But we see this, that God said that uh, uh, things were evil, and he understood that. It would get worse if, if we continue on. For 120 years, he said, and why did he give that? And why did he say that? And why did he allow uh, Noah to preach for 120 years? Because God is long-suffering. Yes. God is long-suffering, a lot, long-suffering, a lot more long-suffering than I am. A lot of times, uh, sometimes I want to step back, God, get him. <laughs> the God says, that's not me. God, forgive me. 
Noah preached for that length of time. In 1 Peter, it's, it talks about it in verse 3, chapter 3, verse 20. He said he preached and he, he got a uh, message out there trying to get people to repent. But you know what they did? They kept rejecting. Sometimes people will reject you. Yeah. It's nothing new under the sun. You don't feel bad because they're rejecting you. They refuse to repent. They wouldn't repent. Can you imagine after Moa just keep building and keep building an ark and putting it together and preach the gospel? He was a preacher of righteousness. He was a preacher saying, the flood is coming. The flood is coming. There's a lot of people says, I've heard that all my life that Jesus is coming. And they scoff at it and they look at you and says, you're off your rocker. You don't know what you're talking about. But I'm telling you, when you look in the word of God and see the signs, it wakes you up and you say, God, you're about to appear. As in the days of Noah, that's where the son of man, you need to keep looking up. He's about to appear. He's about to show himself. He's about to come back to his church. And I'm going home. <laughs> Thank you. It's not just a catchaway thing. Thing, but I want to take anybody that'll go with us. Yes. There's a lot of people want to know the truth anymore. Not something that just, uh, that makes me feel good. They're tired of those messages. They want the truth for know the truth and the truth shall make you free. See, how did Noah moved? He moved with godly fear. That's one thing I was telling someone at work when we was here about that Valentine's shooting that went on. I says, one thing we have lost. And I was witnessing to one of the, my coworkers. And I said, we've lost fear. Our children don't have fear. Families don't have fear. They don't fear the consequences anymore. They don't fear. They don't have respect for anybody anymore. That word fear brings reverence. We need to fear God. And when we lose that aspect, when we take away the things of God, we take away the one that we must give account to. And we see a generation that doesn't know God. But I truly believe in this last hour, God's given us an opportunity because these young people are wanting the truth. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're challenging the politicians. And they're saying, well, you said this, and they're not afraid anymore. But I'm telling you, it's ripe, and the harvest is ripe. And I believe God's given us an opportunity to preach to those that need to hear the gospel. And I believe that God's going to turn around. You talk about a revival. I truly believe God's going to give us a revival of a harvest with these young people. When you get them on fire, you can't stop them. I can't wait. I want to get in with them. I want to see what God has. But we see widespread violence today more than we've ever seen before. Perilous times. Go to 2 Timothy and let's see what the Apostle Paul said. Many of you have heard this, but if you're not, you need to be reminded of it. Sometimes you just need to get in a word and let God speak to you again. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Because why did God destroy the first world? Because of the violence that was happening. The violence that was taking place, the things that we see. Let's look and see what the Bible says from uh, Paul's place and what he said. Verse one, but know this, that in the last days, say last days, last days. 
Yeah, we're part of the last day ministry. Have been for quite some time, but we are part of that, and I thank God for that. Perilous times or grievous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Note that, lovers of themselves. Me, 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 me. Let me take a selfie. Let me do a Snapchat. Let me bring a Facebook. Have you ever seen that where people just want to get about me, me, me? They'll do anything to get attention. We see this already that was spoken about. Said they would be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. The one thing I heard today, which I never put to together but after that was said to me I said that is so true that we see sometimes these shows we have on TV where that they get together and they talk and they want to talk example the view I'm going to just bring it out like it is that is nothing but a spirit of gospel and that God does not like the Bible says in the Old Testament he hates those things and we have that spirit of gossip because when you want to gossip about this and that 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 is of God that tears down that doesn't build up that's part of inciting rioting, inciting things that is not right. And they really don't like anything about God. And we see that. But we notice as we look to this, we see that Paris Times brings, it's filled with pleasure-seeking people. Let me have pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. All the time about pleasure. Where can we go to fill my needs? Make me feel good. We have churches that people says, make me feel, if you don't make me feel good, I'm not coming back. If you don't entertain me just a little bit, I'll go someplace else. That's the reason why we need to get back to the basics of what God has called us for, where the power of God is flowing in our services, because that's what's going to draw him anyway. It's not going to be how good the music is. It's not going to be how good the singers we got or the good preaching is. But when the power of God starts pulling on their heartstrings and you see God, see, it takes the spirit of God to draw people. We need the spirit of God that come in here. But it said, we see this. They were filled with seeking pleasure. They wanted materialism. They wanted these things. Uh, and we see it all the time. How much can I gain? How much more can I get? And the more you get, it seems like the more stuff you get, the more you're not satisfied with it. And after a while, you become a slave to it. The more you have, the more you got to take care of. Sometimes I think, God, just get me down to the tent. It's less to take care of. I have to worry about it. But you have materialism, you have immorality, you have the violence that we see, the idleness. How many has ever seen so much idleness? People are idle with a lot of things. How many knows we have jobs galore around us? In this nation, they are looking for people to work. But how many knows we made too many programs that says, I'm entitled to this, so I want to get it. And I won't work for it, I just give it to me. But how many knows my taxes are paying for that? And I believe that sometimes, and I hope it happens. I like what Kentucky just did. That are requiring some things for those people that's on Medicare, Medicaid. 
And I'm not talking about those that have earned it. Those that have worked all their lives and come to that place, they earned it. They deserve it. But there's others just getting it that are younger that really you could get them to get a job. And there's jobs galore out there. There's things that's happening. I think that and what they're doing right now, and they got permission that they're making them says, okay, in order to receive what you got, you got to report in and we got some work that needs to be done. So they're going to put them to work. And if you don't work, you don't get. That's Paul speaking. I like that. But it goes on and we see this. Uh, we see not only idleness, but we see from this, they reject the things of God. Notice what this: They have a form of godliness, but deny the power. They reject the power of God. They don't want the power of God. The power of God comes from Deutimus, and that power word comes from the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, you shall receive power as the Holy Ghost comes upon you. When is the last time you, you've heard churches say, this one was baptized in the spirit of God. This one got the, uh, the gift of the tongues. This one received their player language. There's a lot of churches, Pentecostal churches have gone away from it. It's not popular today. You need to get out of popularism and say, what does God say about it? <laughs> we need God in the house. We need God in us. We see violence around us every area we turn. This should be an alarming effect for us because on a global scale, it's getting worse and worse and worse. As we look in the past 100 years, I took some notes. It says, wars in the past 90 years killed more people than during the previous 500 years. We had World War I, World War II. We had the Vietnam War. We had all those, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, how many other wars are going on across the lands? And Jesus said they would come. An estimated 203 million people were killed by wars just in the 20th century. That is a lot of lives lost. We see between 100 and 360 million people were killed by governments. When Jesus said it would be like this, evil constantly, the intent of evil. We have regimes that have come in trying to wipe out everything that's against them, trying to control. That's a spirit. Yes. A Jezebel spirit that wants to control. control. More, see, and that, that's just apart from war. That's not even the war aspect of things. Then we see this more civilians have been dying in armed conflicts and combatants themselves. They have died because being connected with it. They weren't even in the military. They just died outside that realm. We're seeing it all the time. Thank God we have a heart for a lot of people that's in America for, towards that. According to, to this, we see 90% of the casualties was since 1945. 19, after World War II. We see that it affected 2 to 4 million children. that were affected. We see four to five million children that have been disabled across the global landscape. We need to wake up and see what Jesus is saying. Get into the word of God and say, he's coming back. I need to watch. Notice what he said, watch, because you don't know when I'm coming. You don't know when the father's going to send me to get you. 
Another thing of violence I seen was a silent form of violence. It was abortions. Across the landscape, globally, 44 million abortions. This is up until this is recorded up until 2008. 44 million babies have been aborted. Sometimes we get numb at these figures. Because people don't react until it hits their home. But Jesus is saying it's already in our homeland. When will we have something to rock our boat enough to wake us up? To say we need to be looking. We need to be awaking. We need to look for the things of God and open our eyes what's happening. Can I put it to you this way? In the last few years, we've had terrorism on the uprise. Have you heard that word? And it's just not ISIS. It's not just Al-Qaeda. There's a lot of other pockets that are around wanting to take advantage of in any way they shape or form they can, even in America. We've had it happen in America, but they kind of close their eyes and people get numb to it after a while. I've heard it. It goes on and on and on. In other words, sometimes you just kind of accept it. CNN reports this. The moral restraints seem to be eroding. The moral restraints seem to be eroding. Can you say with me the world's changing? We've seen a world that's changed, even the church world. Oh, yes. Yes. Things that ma- amazes me when people keep going to, unless God keeps you there, how that you keep going to churches that they don't believe in the fullness of God. That's right, honey. That's right. They keep going and keep going. I'm thinking, why, why are you sticking out here? You need to get in contact with us because God's coming back. Yeah. Birds of the feather flock together. You need to find out what's going on with that church. What kind of spirit is there? You need to open your eyes and say, what's happening? The Bible says in the days of Noah that their hearts was evil continually. It wasn't just one every once in a while. It was continually. When they would go to bed, they would scheme. How can I do evil? How can I do some things that would make me feel good? Yes. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said this, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemers. They lie in wait. And we have people just kind of going along with a trend. Changing times. And it's becoming more commonplace than ever before. Things are being exposed. I thank God for that. Things are coming out in the open. Thank God for that. I just pray that they just don't cross the bounds too long, too large. Even the media has grabbed a hold of this. And they have brought media violence against so many in so many areas. People believe the media over sometimes, well, I watched it, I heard it. What source are they getting it from? Where is it coming from? How is it being delivered to them? And what are they letting not out? We must understand that. 
in the study that I looked for, children that we have in our society says typical child views more than 200,000 of acts of violence, including 16,000 murders. On television, they see that before the age of 18. 200,000 of these things going on of violence. 16,000 is murders. But see, when you allow it and you compromise, pretty soon you become numb to it and you don't even feel convicted of it. There's a lot of people who's not convicted of watching certain things in their home. What's my home? No, I thought it belonged to God. Because if I belong to God, this house belongs to God. If I belong to God, my finances belong to God. If I belong to God, my, everything that I've got, everything I have belongs to God. So it's not really mine. I'm just a caretaker of it. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. We're seeing more and more things happening. That's a lot. 200,000 acts of violence. People allow the TV just to be a, a babysitter more than, than you realize, and that's sad. But that's just not the end of it. That tells me that television programs display at 812 violent acts per hour. Per hour, that's what is going on TV constantly. When Martha and I would sit down and watch TV, I hate to say it, I like to watch Andy Griffin. <laughs> Sometimes I'll come home and say, you watching Andy? And we'll watch Andy and him and Barney. They go back. Of course, there's some things in there that I'm going, okay, but it's still clean in a lot of sense. But I reverted back to some things because I sought out the old path. <laughs> in some ways to kind of bring some, a little bit of relief and things. There's been a recent study that 15% of music videos contain interpersonal violence. So another modern source of violent exposure is access to the internet and video games. More violence on there. I'm telling you right now, there's some things that they, they need to start looking at. It's not all about pornography, but I'm telling you, there's some violent things that are happening with this video games and the computers and things like that. That is unbelievable. They look realistic. There was one of those uh, ones that committed a crime in the school that uh, he didn't kill himself. But he said, when I played the video games and I shot people, they went down. But I got to, I got to replay it again and they come back to life again. And in his mind, he thought the kids would come back to life again. He was fooled by a demon. These are things that are reality. We must understand that violence is increasing around us. And Jesus already said it, as it in the days of Noah, that's what was taking place. That's the reason why God's heart was grieved. We're seeing God's heart grieved today for what's going on. Can you imagine what looking down to his so-called church and said, where is your voice? Where are you in the land? Where are you giving out my gospel message? But I thank God that after the flood, Noah had an opportunity to bring about a new message, a new way. Something I noticed that uh, they stole in uh, some of the callings that we have or people, uh, the LTGB, they've got this rainbow society, they call it. They stole it from God. 
Oh, you can't use a rainbow because, wait a minute, God used it in the beginning. <laughs> no, they stole it from God. God put the rainbow up to say, hey, that's my covenant. Can I tell you right now, God's got a covenant with his church, his true called people. That's you and I. And see, he said that there was going to be a covenant. And thank God we have that covenant. Thank God we have that. And we need to look to this, that God has not left, but God said, I've kept you here. I'm long suffering, but I'm soon to come. Keep your eyes on me, but tell my story. Yes. Tell that I love them. Tell how that I want to see people come to know me. See, even though people have sinned, something I notice, even when we see this, God still loves them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for those that sin. But what does he do to a nation that sins? What does he do to, to those uh, that's part of that nation that violates his laws? That's a different thing. Judgment comes differently to that nation. And God will judge the nation. We see that with Israel. Time and time again, they had to be judged. Judgment is not a bad thing. It's a wake-up call. I believe God had given us a wake-up call in 2001. I believe it was on 9-11. Is that 2001? 9-11? When the Twin Towers were hit? The Pentagon was hit. A plane went down in Pennsylvania. That was a wake-up call. I got more calls. Are we having prayer service? We always have prayer service. Where have you been? We always seek God, but where have you been? You've been too busy chasing after this. It's time you wake up. We could be going home tonight, and they were afraid. I remember seeing all the gas stations lined up. They had to call the cops in, some of them, because they were afraid they weren't going to get their gas. That was in America. That was in this city. But thank God he knows how to bring things in line. See, one thing we notice that God says, I'm going to judge a world. And he did. Yes. A flood came. But God took care of his people. Yes. Get on board. Get on board. God built a place for us to get in that place. We must understand that. Something else we've seen, there was a city, Sodom and Gomorrah. God judged that city. It was evil. They was doing evil. Things. Everybody always looks at it because of homosexuality, but that wasn't the only sin that was going on in that city. That was not the only thing. That was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I understand that. But there were things leading up to that. And God judged it. And even while... He was judging it. People were still committing sin. Pleasure. Trying to make them feel good. Can I put it this way? History even repeats itself at times. And we're seeing it in the time we're living in. Time came for punishment there because of the thoughts was continually. But you know what it really was? A rejection of God's ways. And we're seeing it today that we're living in perilous times. We're living in grievous times. Do not. I like what Brother Nathan did when he started out, because sometimes you can get overwhelmed with things, yes. with situations, with areas of people in your life and, and family members. You can get overwhelmed and you forget that God wants to move upon your behalf. Yes. 
God still has control in everything that is there. That's the reason why without the peace of God, it's harder to operate in the authority of God. You need the peace of God to come in on your senses and know that God will take care of all these things. God will bless his people. See, God took care of Noah and God knows how to take care of you. God knows how to call his children together and God will bring them to the place that you can have a reassurance that you're not alone, that you're not just by yourself. You're not off your rocker, but you, there are others that trust in God. Amen. We're trusting the Lord. As in the days of Noah, Jesus said, that's when the son of man is coming. He's coming. And we're seeing that time. I only listed a few things that, that we see from what's happening in our life today. It wasn't just too long ago they had to shut down one of the schools here in our city, town. Was it the high school they had to do because they had a bomb threat? Martha? I thought it was Warsaw High School. They shut it down or they got the kids out because then they had to send them home because they had a bomb threat. They found out it wasn't there, but it was a threat. And I'm telling you right now, we've seen this in our communities. Let me give you, just give you, uh, there's spirits that are floating around in Valley. They call that football field Death Valley. But they have more suicides that's happening over there, that's happened over there. That's in our own backyard, church. In Wallasee, we have the same issue where kids don't think they have any hope. But we've got a message of hope. But if we don't wake up and see that Christ is soon to appear and get so consumed with our everyday lives and forget what God is saying, I'm soon to come back. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe it'd be where I'm working, but I pray that's when I'm preaching, he comes back. I want to be across this platform because I love when God gives me a message that I can preach it and it comes up from God and it flows from him. When will he come? When we least expect him to. How will he come? The Bible says that he's going to have a voice like a trumpet. Are you listening for that trumpet? See, we have rapture practice around here. And when God gave that to me years ago, he'd done it with the rallies and, and the kids loved it. Kids like to move. They sit there long enough, their attention span leaves them. But you get them up doing certain things, they love it. They get in there. Sometimes I think we need to go around your house every once in a while. I'm going to have right for practice. One, two, three. I, I ain't gone yet, but I'm going to keep walking. Every day, get up and sit, rapture practice. One, two, three. Oh, now I'm still here. You need to wake yourself up. God's coming back. You may think that's silly, but sometimes you need to do those little silly. See, see, preaching sometimes is silly to people. But I'm telling you, when God use you, uses you in that preaching mode, in that area that God wants to bring forth the word to wake people up, you need to wake yourself up. He's coming back. Don't get discouraged. Don't get downhearted. Look up. He's coming back for those that are looking. Amen. 